Only a 12th level intellect has the slightest hope of surviving what you are about to experience. From uh, Choose Your Own Adventure, uh, Clayface Returns, the book. Okay. Um, and I want you to choose what happens. Great. Yeah, that'd be uh, That sounds fun. So we're going to start in the middle of the book to be as confusing as possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, okay. Whoosh. It's Batman, somebody shouts. The crowd cheers even more. Batman? Tim and Bruce both exclaim. They exchange nervous looks. I didn't know the Cape Crusader took part in publicity stunts, Commissioner Gordon says. If Bruce and Tim watch what happens next, go to page 27. If Bruce and Tim change into Batman and Robin, turn to page 40. Um, let's change to where Bruce Tim does these things instead. <laughs> it's Bruce. Is that your answer? Yeah, Bruce Tim the producer. Uh, that's, not, that's not in the book anymore. <laughs> well, that's because he was. it's uh, on the show. Um, he's the, I don't see he's this. the showrunner. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I see now the joke you've made about the names Bruce and Tim. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone. <laughs> welcome to another episode of 12th Level Intellects, where we make great puns like these we do. all the time. That's the slogan, all caps. <laughs> uh, we make tra- great puns like simple. these. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name's James Strecker, and this is Ted Kendrick. Say hi, Ted Kendrick. Hi, Ted Kendrick. Please don't see the phrase. Hi, Ted Kendrick. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a DC Animated Universe podcast. Uh, we talk about that sometimes. <laughs> we usually actually have a, a DC Comics in general kind of focus, but we do. Um, we dropped Bruce Tim's name know, today. We started strong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we're talking with uh, Matthew Manning today. He's a writer for Batman TMNT Adventures and Justice League Adventures and all sorts of other stuff that we didn't get. He has to talk a lot of grand adventures. The man likes to talk. <laughs> we didn't have a whole lot yeah, of time either does. so hopefully we'll be able to get him back on the podcast sometime soon That's for true. a part two um but yeah it's a good it's a good interview i think we chat yeah. about some cool stuff yeah he's a good guy and he, he definitely seems like someone that likes to talk about what they do which is nice because it's i mean not i don't think we've ever gotten someone that hasn't but i've been like really worried about oh we'll get an interview with some editor or something and then it'll be like Oh, so tell us about how you got into the industry. Oh, let's oh, not talk you, about me. Let's I talk about you. <laughs> Enough about me. Oh. Let's talk about you, James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, you see, I'm. Uh, I like drawing Batman. So. Who does? Okay. Uh, so new stuff. I'm looking at uh, DC is starting a couple of new. Um, like imprints for younger readers that's right Uh, they're starting dc zoom which is aimed at middle schoolers and dc inc which is aimed at quote-unquote young adults Hmm. which i would assume that sounds about right uh, i figure it's because zoom went back in time to kill the flash's mom when he was a middle schooler and then boy ink from (laughs) batman beyond is a little older yeah I, i see where you're going with this but let's not Cool. let's not do this now <laughs> i mean that's the slogan of the podcast but that's okay uh let's not yeah, do this a, now there's a couple of cool things that are coming out on that <clears throat> the um there's gonna be a harley quinn graphic novel a mira graphic novel um there's one for uh what the heck i saw it earlier oh super sons there's batman sun superman's son cool. together 
Um, these are like aimed specifically at younger readers because I think I was going to say, I think that, uh, the reason why this is probably happening is that like a lot of the current DC stuff is pretty heady and full of like references to stuff from the eighties and nineties that like Mm -hmm. nobody in who's wanting to pick up a comic for the first time is going to understand. Yeah. It's like, we we got to go to the heart. Doomsday clock. Right. Or like the heart of the rock of eternity. And then like puncture the anti-monitors astral brain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which happened in metal. um, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of respect that. And it's funny because one of the titles is going to be Superman, smashes the clan or superman versus the klu klux klan uh i think i I think that's more of a retelling though no i think it's like a historical thing where it goes back and like talks about how the character of superman like actually fought the the ideology of the kkk like historically in the 50s and 60s yeah okay because yeah. that that makes more sense because i was like the klu klux klan is just gonna get their asses handed immediately. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, we got pitchforks and right. horses yeah. those white robes are gonna turn very brown by the end of it brown and red <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. The, uh... oh boy if you're this is the first time you're listening to the podcast i apologize by the way we're not on itunes now so if you're listening to this on youtube uh stop why yeah stop that because <laughs> it's Go probably to... <laughs> way more annoying to listen to well i mean yeah you could continue to listen on youtube if you want to uh it's probably a lot harder and uh stupider to keep your phone on or to have a tab yeah. open or whatever itunes lets you a normal close it listen to us on <laughs> itunes now right so uh anyway that's all i got on that because that's pretty ridiculous sounding but i look forward to it Mm-hmm. Luke Klux Klan, the true story of how the iconic superhero battle See, of the men of hate. It's a true story. That's what I'm saying. True story. So I was going to talk about Black Panther. It is coming out very oh, soon. Yes. Um, and it has gotten early reviews just came out. And it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. People are saying it is the Yeesh. best Marvel movie so far and by far. So I can't wait. Um, I'm really excited to hear all that praise. That's good to hear, yeah. Yeah, it's got an amazing cast. Um, Kendrick Lamar's doing the soundtrack. It just has a lot of really interesting yeah, things yeah. going for it. Ryan Coogler, the director of Creed, is on Is that, that. this week? It is um, late February, so I'm I think... I'm sad to not know that. I think it's in like two or three weeks. Oh. Probably two weeks by the time this episode airs. Here comes typing sounds. Typing sounds. Black Panther... Uh, release date slash James should know this February sixteenth. Oh, so, so next, next week. week, yeah, yeah, cool. Or this week, if <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, I definitely look forward to that. It's it looks very different. We talked to uh, when we were talking with Jesse, we talked about that movie quite a bit um, last week, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm wondering how like. How, how how it really like turns the genre on its head kind of stuff because everybody's saying that but then you know it looks yeah other than the fact that it's uh very different looking visually than a lot of uh marvel movies like i wonder how different it will actually be with plot and stuff or if it's just kind of being like mm, what's the right word uh not overshadowed but like if it's if it's getting a lot of press because like oh it's 
yeah, like black superheroes. It's uh, it's very it's set in Africa. Like it's all very different that kind of stuff and very diverse and whatever. Um, or if and if maybe underlying the movie is not <laughs> that much different than say Ant Man or Iron Man or that kind of origin story. But right. I haven't seen it, and I'm sorry if I'm offending you by saying this. But uh, <laughs> I will. I look forward. I think to it's it too early to judge it yet. Um, I mean, I'm really excited about these early reviews, and definitely yeah. looking forward to seeing it. Um, let's see. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what Ted's doing. Just some, just some, just some cat mayhem. Oh, okay, understand. <laughs> yeah, just cats being cats. <laughs> uh, that's a good. Uh, if are you done talking about Black Panther? I have I nothing else to say. Thing. I haven't watched it yet, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The uh, <clears throat> the uh, oh my gosh, where did it go? Oh, there's a there's on the same kind of topic. There's a another uh, DC. Uh, miniseries coming out called the other history of the dc universe uh and it's focusing on like minority kind of characters like john stewart vixen uh renee montoya that kind of stuff uh which is cool because i think that those characters don't get the spotlight as much as they should in general Mm -hmm. not necessarily for any like racial reason but um just they're not they're not on they're not you know john stewart was my Green Lantern growing up because I watched the cartoon mm-hmm. <laughs> first before anything else, but now it's all Hal Jordan or yeah. whatever. Well, I mean, John Stewart's still There's there and stuff, but he's he always right. John Stewart's still like in yeah. the Green Lantern yeah, Corps like book, but Hal it's Jordan right. Movie. It's called Hal Jordan yeah, exactly. and the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> so. But then we also have Vixen as the leader of the Justice League of America right now, so uh, okay. she's still very much okay. front and center there. But you know, I'm still saying it's great <clears> to have all this additional content yeah. do you know if Renee Montoya is going to be as a cop or the question I have no idea it just says her name as it lists her name as one of the characters cool um is there a different Supergirl right now other than the normal one not that I'm aware of <laughs> because there's a, lists a all these characters power Jones. girl there's a power girl okay. that was in the uh, Deathstroke book who is hmm. um, black so I don't know I haven't been reading that book. Okay, because this is like John Stewart, Vixen, Katana, Renee Montoya, all these um, non-white characters, and then Supergirl is also listed. So I'm just confused why <laughs> like, she's an alien. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, but that's that's pretty cool. And then yeah. I'm gonna sneak in one final thing that's uncalled for, but uh, they're changing Batman's costume again. Hopefully, you weren't gonna talk about that. <laughs> um only when we're uh, talking about doomsday clock and, okay we can get <laughs> we'll we mention it that. again <laughs> we can wait cool um so we got we had the super bowl and with the super bowl yes. there was a bunch of trailers and stuff uh, yeah. um we got a new mission impossible trailer jurassic world um we got han solo mm, mm-hmm. and um i think the han solo one is worth talking about more than sure, anything yeah. Because it finally happened. It comes out in three months, and it was like the first promotional material that we've seen of it. Yeah. So yeah. I was kind of thinking Disney was going to be hesitant about releasing that kind of stuff. Like they're playing it very close to chess. But the trailer and the teaser looks decent so far. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look mm-hmm. bad. I think it's going to be worth a watch, but we'll see. <laughs> It has the, uh, when, when they made Rogue One, they kind of, it looked like the color grading and, like, style of the, 
like I think they probably like filmed it on film and stuff like that. Like it kind of is, it looks like an older Star Wars movie uh, intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing that same style applied to Solo for some reason doesn't sit well with me. And I don't know why. Like I think maybe the Rogue One story, how it's so like gritty and uh, like, oh, it's like a heist and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, like fits that kind of more desaturated sad look but like han solo is supposed to be all this like you know scruffy looking nerf herder he's got the swagger (laughs) adventure indiana jones yeah the swagger is is good and they're still saying this is supposed to be the funniest star wars movie yet like he was on the cover of entertainment weekly today and it said like the funniest star wars movie yet um, I don't know if that's going to happen now that Ron Howard took over because it had the the whole um, yeah. drama behind the change of directors. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. Originally, it was Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think yeah. The that, uh, right. um, that might be the, the Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it, it was the, a pair the of directors. Movie and I, Solo have had so okay. many different director changes, but mm-hmm. he, uh, I, I, obviously, people are this way and that way about whether he looks enough like Han Solo and all this stuff, but I don't really care. Like they're not going to make him, I'm at least they're not doing like a CGI de aging of Harrison Ford or something. That would be pretty hard to watch. Yeah. For yeah. The movie is so <clears throat> I'm fine with it. I'll just see the movie. Yep. How about that? How about we'll go watch the movie and find out for yourself what yeah. you think of it? That sounds <laughs> fair. Novel concept. I, I'm pretty excited about Donald Glover. Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian. I think that's yeah. going to be pretty sweet. And it seems like he's signed on to do that role in a couple other movies potentially too. Oh, okay, cool. From what I hear. I was a little surprised so, that he looks as 70s yeah, as he yeah. does, but I think that, that you kind of have to. Like, you can't just D-70s that character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the fun. So Yeah. Well, cool. Um, it That's sure it is. for the news. I guess now we're going to talk to Matthew yeah, right, Manning. Right now. We've not already recorded this. Right now. <laughs> right, right now. With us today is Matt Manning. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're James. This is Matt Manning, writer of uh, the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures and various other stuff for DC, Marvel, um, just a comics professional writer we've got here. I'm at his house. Um, you can't see that because this is an audio podcast. But... <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Matt with us today. How are you doing, Matt? Not too bad. Sweet. Thanks for being on. We've had you sort of on before. I've interviewed you at a noisy bar (laughs) that you'll find that interview on (laughs) the Watchtower database somewhere. It actually sounds pretty good considering the setting. (laughs) So the audio is good. Um, I was at the North Carolina Comic Con last year and recorded your panel um, with uh, John Somervia. Um, I guess we'll get started. We'll talk about the Ninja Turtles Adventures so it wrapped up the last issue. It was probably about a year ago, right? It's been out for a minute. I think so. Yeah, I keep seeing it in like my Facebook memories. And I was right. Like, I think oh, like no. the, so yeah, yeah. Ago. So if it's Facebook memories, yeah. it's been a minute. Um, I, I think the entire collection came out in the summer, and so we've had like a couple months to you know read it. Hopefully, all of our listeners have read it. <laughs> and um, spoilers ahead. Yeah. Well, I was gonna start off like by saying that the first issue sold out two weeks in advance, which is awesome. I always want to bring that up because I think it's so cool. It was one of IDW's best-selling comics of the year. Um, and so I guess uh, walk us through how you got that gig and uh, what it was kind of like. Uh, why you were the right writer to handle these characters and have these animated versions meet each other. Uh, well, I was. Uh... 
originally working on um, the two Ninja Turtles animated books that they had um, before then. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, new, anim new Animated Adventures, and then the, the book after that was um, uh, Ninja Turtles, and it was um, Amazing Adventures. So, was that like a reboot? Uh, yeah, they rebooted it. Originally, they were going to change the format completely, and then they just didn't end up doing that at all. <laughs> so just kind of like a reboot, I guess, just to get people interested in again. Um, okay. So, yeah, I kind of um, worked on And John and I actually worked on a story together on one of those. And he did a couple. I want to say he did at least one of my the covers for one of the issues. Maybe a couple because variant covers. It's hard to keep straight because there was mm -hmm. like three three covers for each one of those. And then um, before that, I had worked on... Um, my, I got my start in comics working in the Bruce Tim animated universe with um, Justice League Adventures number 14, I think it was. The, and um, 33. What, oh, and 33. That was my second one. Yeah, <laughs> We've the, already talked about this for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, yeah, so I got started working on those, and, and then I went on and did uh, the Batman Strikes, which tied into the, the Batman cartoon. Mm. So I had a lot of experience doing animated books. I did Beware the Batman recently. Um, before that series got canceled, like and right out of the Legion gate. Legion of Superheroes. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> Legion of um, I, I think it was the book was called. It was like Legion of Superheroes in the 31st Century because mm -hmm. they had <laughs> no idea what to call it. Yeah, we'll talk about that soon. I think yeah. you wrote an issue about Arm Fallout. Arm Fallout. Fall yes. yes, I did. I love Arm Fallout. <laughs> oh. It's one of my favorite characters. But um, and so yeah, I, I guess I was just doing the um, Ninja Turtle um, book so much. They asked me if I wanted to submit for the. Um, the Batman crossover, and I came up with an idea that was that they liked right away, and I, they sent it to the DC editor um, to approve, and he had some questions about it. And then I started just kind of answering uh, all his questions and kind of putting all these... He had some concerns about, oh, are we going to develop this enough? Will this twist be out of the blue? Is there going to be some hints towards it? Um, and so once I, I kind of wrote him this really long email showing him all the points, you know, of what I was going to do, and from that mm -hmm. point, it just kind of seemed like I was on the book at that point. Like, it was just like... They're like, okay, well, we're gonna go with your idea, and I was like, oh, good, because yes. <laughs> so, that was a. I only had like a week to come up with the idea, and I wish I would have had a little bit longer. But at that point, it was supposed to be a five issue series, and then, and so that's what we just um, we plotted it out, and it became yeah, a six the, issue series. Yeah, and then like, once how it, far into it did you well, know? I, yeah, I had the fifth issue completely finished, so the script for the issue five was completely turned in. And the story was over. And I was like, okay, well, that was fun. And then they were like, yeah, well, we, we, we realized our contract actually says you can do six issues. And since it was so popular, we wanted to do a sixth one. And I was like, I don't, can't just add an extra chapter, you know. So <laughs> we thought it about it. And my editor suggested, well, we've been teasing the Krang this whole time. So let's actually show an all-out battle with the Krang. Yeah. And so that's kind of, and I came up with the idea of I, I wanted to do it in the new adventure style. And actually what wanted to do it as a special, but I think that was going to be too confusing with the other Batman Turtles book to have a third mm -hmm. Batman Turtles book issue one right kind of in the same time frame. So they did it as issue six. and uh, But I think it stands alone as, a, as its own um, epilogue. And then the, and the coloring is just fantastic for that. They just nailed the look of the, like the red skies of Gotham oh, for, for the sure. new Batman Adventures and all the um, the nice kind of deco rendering, a little like airbrushy type rendering on the buildings. Yeah, and yeah. just like I think it, it's kind of... I feel like we found our groove at issue six, and then, right, and then the right series is finished. over. It's like, oh, all right. But uh, yeah, John, John, and I tried to get, um, we tried to convince DC to do uh, uh, new Batman Adventures, a new series about it, just Batman Adventures, and, and they uh, so far no interest yet. But they just seem to think that it doesn't have the same um, nostalgic appeal that we know it has. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, there's, a, there's definitely a fan base. Well, there's also there's a there's a stigma for. Um, all ages books that mm -hmm. you know these are these are going to be something that's going to be a low seller no matter what that's kind of what everybody at dc feels like it's going to be a low seller we're, we're going to put it out and it'll probably sell more in say like digital or like uh, a trade paperback or something where it's sure where i think 
we're at the point now where we're adults now that grew up as kids, you know, we're, we're fans of the animated series. So I think there is a fan base. You know, they just had a huge DC collectibles line of action figures that were all right. purchased by adults, really. I mean, you know, there's not many kids playing with those. Mm-hmm. You know, like a hundred seventy-five dollar bat bat plane, bat wing, and so yeah, it's I like I think had, the appeal's um, there. We just we just got to keep working on them and convincing mm-hmm. them. <laughs> and they've like dabbled in the animated universe a little bit. Like there was um the Batman Beyond two point series. Yeah. It was a digital first turned into Batman Beyond Unlimited. Um, Justice League Beyond, Superman Beyond had its yeah. own book, and they kind of put them all out in the comics they you know, later. And then yeah, and they're still doing. I guess there's an animated. I think there's an animated Harley Quinn um, that tied into the animated right. Harley Quinn movie that they're doing digital. It was but that tied was kind of Tim and Rick Burchett of the classic yeah. Batman Adventures. Yeah, came but back I think they're that. having the guys from the movie work on that, and we're like, are, a little yeah. bit. We so, yeah. talked yeah. to Ty Templeton a little bit. We, yeah. <laughs> it's been interesting hearing his take on how that all came together. They they brought back in the um, Task Force X and brought yeah. Harley into that, and that was pretty fun. Yeah, I actually love his. Um, he does his bun tunes, his week, or his you know his regular web comic, and it's just uh, that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> Well, was there any content that you wanted to bring into Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that um, had to get cut for any reason? Uh, there was there was a couple things. I mean, I wanted originally we were going to do. Um, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I originally wanted it to be a Killer Croc fight in the series. I was going to bring up that Instead you of, said that before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, and then reading the original, there the first one, I was like, oh, we, that's gonna, you know, that's we can't do that. And then, uh, so. Um, and one I think it worked out for the better when they let me say Mudbutt, and that uh-huh. at least that really uh, my my daughters really enjoyed the fact that we can call Clayface that much time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so there was there was that there was um, originally the pitch for the sixth issue. Um, I actually wanted to do more of a standalone piece, kind of like um, some of the like more poignant episodes of Batman animated series. And I was it was going to be an intermission episode where Bruce Wayne goes to look and see if there is a Bruce Wayne in the Ninja Turtles universe. Oh. And that was kind of like um, it was gonna. He was gonna see a Bruce Wayne that was gonna have a happier life than what he was cursed with, and you know that kind of thing. And it was. I was really happy with it, and it got nixed right out. Right out of the gate. No one liked it. <laughs> what would have been? I'll pitch you an idea. It could have been cooler if there was a Batman in that universe that was like a bat. Well, there monster. there was there was. Oh, uh, there um, been. I was going to explore more of the uh, man bat. Uh, angle with a yeah, uh, mutagen yeah. man bat kind of that been great. Uh, creature which would have been fun but it was kind of like um they weren't crazy but it's, it's a crossover it's it's weird if you establish that bruce wayne lives in the nickelodeon universe it's, i don't uh-huh. think you can officially do that license wise or they weren't they didn't want to get into that muddy area and it makes sense from their point of view i just had a lot of these scenes that when i write a pitch for something i have all these really cool scenes in my head and I can't get those across in a one-page pitch. So I had these ideas that are just kind of like, all right, that's scrapped. You know, like some nice things I would have liked to do. But most of the stuff I got to, um, the scenes that I came up with before this one, I got to do most of them. Like the um, the that animated series title sequence was one of the first gags right, I thought right. of. And I was like, oh, we need to do this completely. But originally I wanted that to be three pages. And then I was like, there's no way they're going to let me just... <laughs> stop the story and do three that, pages of the title that in sequence. Like issue four. It was issue. Uh, I think it was a little later. Well, I think in it was issue five because it was yeah. right when. Um, yeah, it was when they were in Gotham. So the whole time they were in New York, and it was when Michelangelo and Robin went over to Gotham, and yeah. so I got to do it's a double page spread of the opening. Yeah, and the, I was like, oh, yeah. it works because we're we're getting there, you know, and it's kind of the in the process of them trying to figure out. And I was like, that that's a good enough excuse to use it, you know. And mm-hmm. then, but I asked John ahead of time, I'm like, can we do 
can you do eight panels on a page? Because that's that's a lot to ask, you know. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, don't worry about it. He's like, this is awesome. And so, <laughs> and he just did it perfectly. I can't yeah, I can't yeah. believe how perfect it, it was. I was Ted, so excited. Ted he, gives me eight or yeah. nine panels a page on our web comic all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I draw you panel layouts. So I'm like, this is in that's my true. head he, how he I do yeah. these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can get rough with that. Like, uh, I I actually did a, a Spider-Man story um, that still has not been printed, probably because it was a nine-panel grid comic. Mm-hmm. Well, you mean like Watchmen, like a nine-panel grid? Yeah, it was a nine-panel grid. See, that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so all the, all, the, all that we end up doing on our YouTube channel is all very continuity-heavy and nerdy and all this stuff. And I know that given the chance to ask you sort of these kind of questions, I will take that chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you, brought in Clay, you brought in Clayface... Uh, but you also mentioned uh, in a, in your past interview that you uh, are intending you intended for this to be sort of set like at right after or toward the very end of Batman the animated series. Uh, yeah, kind of like um, loosely. That's what you know was always in my head. Like yeah, and but we have uh, I'm not like saying you're wrong about oh, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to bring up I want to bring up how Clayface like theoretically dies in. Uh, Batman the animated series, like he melts into the water and his oh, yeah. final appearance. And then if if that's before your comic, but not before, <laughs> then how is he still alive and all this stuff? I just wanted to bring that up if you had sort of a headcanon explanation uh, for that, that I, you had yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think I really um, went into it for, you know, thinking that, like, I did the same thing... Um, I remember in my Justice League Adventures issue that came out, we it was the same kind of comment with um, mm-hmm. when Felix Faust was kind of dead for a little bit before he came back again. But like for to me, whenever a villain dies at the end of you know an episode, because he can't you know Clayface is back for the holiday night and all that you know, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like oh, everybody's you know he's fine. Like there's <laughs> he probably <laughs> he died. He hands. came back a couple times in between. You know what I mean? So there's and like that that's the same thing with um untold when, stories maybe yeah that like i'm not as strict with with that kind of i feel like there's a lot of stories in between there which you haven't heard like you know like the yeah. whole uh i think that the like the lost years could be there could be a lot of a lot of stuff happening in there which would be mm-hmm. which would be fun to explore and really get into the canon of it if we ever got to do cuz that's where i was still probably set in that area for if we ever got to do a batman adventure series then i would probably be more strict with you know continuity a little bit but this was kind of yeah, it was one of those things where it's just like you know uh, something happened. It's from <laughs> he, he got better a little bit, yeah. and then <laughs> well, you, uh-huh. he had the mud butt. You're talking yeah. about the yeah the two year gap between the Batman series. We we had another question we wanted to run by you about if for anyone who's listening that's a Turtles fan, would you when would you say uh, like there's a there's a two year gap between issue five and six of the uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures comic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, w- would you say the turtles world is also two years ahead, or is it you know uh, no for the end, so it doesn't matter? <laughs> yeah, they, well, they don't. Um, there was the problem with the turtles was when we were writing the series, the turtles were off in space, and then they were gone, and like the timeline oh, yeah, was yeah. all messed up, and they had to come like um, they came back to the point they left, and there was all this stuff that was kind of happening as we were doing it, so it was made it really hard for me to figure out exactly where. And I did figure out I, I can't remember off the top of my head now where I. I put it in somewhere where everything would make sense, and I think, I think there's only maybe a couple characters that John threw in in the fear splash. Like there's a that uh, splash yeah. where, uh, although that that would happen later, so maybe it happened after. But um, there's a splash where the Krang, um, they get the the scarecrow's fear gas, and so they see all these characters. And there's a couple 
turtle characters that probably shouldn't be there if the timeline was perfect. But it's, a, it's still a vision, so I'm like, oh, it's, you know, artistic license. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mega Man was there, too, and Mega Man shouldn't have been there. But, right. <laughs> but that was John. Right, but, right. Uh, he sneaks Mega Man into all of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> and the, apparently he just drew some Mega Man, like, um, I guess he actually got to draw an official Mega Man piece recently. So nice. <laughs> just that's just he posted that. Oh, that's but cool. it, but um, yeah, so for the turtles, it's only a, it's only been like a, a month or two, like from the last one. It can't it can't be a lot of time um, for them. So I guess you know the portals can work. They go to different di- like they've gone to like the eighties continuity where they've mm-hmm. been in the eighties cartoon and they've been to the um, oh, yeah. the yeah. Eastman Laird you know comic uh, version. So they've been all over the place. And so I think that those portals work through space and time. So that's how we can kind of justify like the you know nice. we got to skip time for Batman and not as much for you know the. Mm-hmm. the turtles themselves at least. yeah i mean we're such sticklers for that kind of stuff for the dcau so i know that mm-hmm. the the turtle the turtle stuff is going to be more like the jimmy timmy power hour or something yeah. where it doesn't really matter <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of happens so, and that was kind of yeah i, I, I used to i i'm more of the same way when it comes to like the comic continuity too i did a book called the batman files and i had to figure out when everybody appeared because i'm trying to do the post like the post crisis version and mix it in a little with the pre crisis mm-hmm. and um, best that, of all worlds. Yeah, I'm kind of using everything because Grant yeah. Grant Morrison had the idea that everything every story counts that happens somewhere. So mm-hmm. even like the Batwoman yeah. stories mm-hmm. happened and all that might have been in his head. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and so we're, I was trying to fit all that in um, in Batman files, and I had made back when I was just like starting out. I did um, even before I was even writing any Batman comics at all. I I made a timeline. Of when I thought everything fit in, so I would know where to set my stories. Like a year one, year two, mm-hmm. kind of. What? And, and and none of the. Well, anytime you want to send that to us, it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what year? Still have it somewhere. Crime fighting career? Would you say Batman's on right now? Oh, and it, well, now that it's all been changed oh, from yeah, Flashpoint rebirth and mm-hmm. Rebirth. Now Rebirth, we have no idea what's going on. It's like this story counted, maybe if we if we want to <laughs> reference it, it counted. Right, you know, it's right. kind of like the attitude. But I think it was we were around somewhere. Um, Post, I mean, even I think the zero year timeline. I, I want to say they actually had an official timeline. It was somewhere around ten or fifteen years. I can't remember now. Okay. But um, and I think by the, when you added all the Robin stuff, it was like he was easily past fifteen years of crime fighting. You mm-hmm. know, and then mm-hmm. and but he only start. I mean, he started fairly young, so it's still yeah, it's still kind of work. You know, especially because he's more of a with a thousand different Robins. You know, he is more of a father figure these days than you know right, the. Right. Like the young gun, which is what they tried to New Fifty Two tried to make him the young gun again, uh-huh. and that didn't really work because he's still that, like five year timeline. Like, they well, said, oh, he's been operating before that. Yeah. give him ten, but still, and then even year old Robin. Yeah, there's Robin. There's well, I think Robin just turned thirteen <laughs> yeah. or something, or uh-huh. twelve or thirteen. I, I forget. I think it's thirteen. And then there, you know, you have Red Hood and Nightwing, mm. and then they're like, oh no, they were they were there for like ten minutes. Like, right, <laughs> so everyone got I, to be Robin for. I, I trained you to be a, an expert in like eh, half an hour. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a. <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> that's it um so you got to do a lot of canon defining moments in the series such as like um explaining how scarecrow got his new suit um for the new batman adventures and you added airing cash as an arkham oh, guard yeah. who's yeah. from the comics and stuff like that um was there were there any others that i'm forgetting or um not not too many i i I, and that, that was only because I don't think anybody was really paying attention to like the scarecrow idea. They're like, uh-huh. I, I don't. I doubt anyone looked up and said, "Did they ever? Did he ever design it somewhere the comics, you right. know, or something like that?" And I'm just, they're just like, oh, "It's fine. It works. It worked for the story, <laughs> you know." And it wasn't. And you know, they weren't that strict on continuity or anything. And right. it was kind of like me mining the store for continuity, and I was playing way faster and looser with con- continuity than I really normally do. And because uh, like when I normally do tie-in books, I don't even like to introduce new characters, uh, like. 
if I'm if I'm doing um, the Batman Strikes, which tied into the Batman, I didn't want to use villains that weren't in the show in case they were used mm-hmm. later in the show. And then now the story doesn't make any sense anymore because they would do that a lot, like sure. Batman and Superman met each other, and you know the in the animated mm-hmm. comic, and that always bothered me. I'm like, he met this yeah. long-haired right. mullet Superman, or right. like that Superman Batman magazine they had too, which mm-hmm. introduced a lot of characters in the animated style, which I loved at the time. But then when they introduce them again, it always just makes like, right. it's like oh, that ruined that story. Did you know Adventures of the DC Universe? Oh yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah. Which we're, we're gonna bring up because John Delaney was your artist on the Justice League oh, yeah. Adventures too, and he did all those. <laughs> yeah, and I have I. I used to have all those. I don't know if I have every single issue anymore. But that's uh, a good one. Yeah, and I, I, well, I was, you know, I read all those. I have. Uh, if you go back and look, I don't know if we've talked about this, but there is an, um, and two issues I think of Batman Adventures that I have letters written in the back as like, oh a, really, like an eighth or eighth grader or something, or like a seventh grade. I forget how old that's I was, awesome. but they are terribly embarrassing. Like the one <laughs> I actually wrote in because I, I thought the letter would get published, even though I knew the answer to it. I, I remember asking like. Was Harley Quinn made up for the series? I'm like, I know she's made up for the series. Uh-huh. But like, even a little kid, I was a Batman know-it-all. But I, want, I, I thought, I'm like, we're gonna print that letter, and they told, and they printed it. And I was like, yeah, no, like that was that. So that's my first, uh, my first foray into comics. Nice. There's, it's always fun looking back at the letter columns and yeah. seeing like people who are pros now. Well, I had, I had a very short snippet in Detective and a very short snippet in, um, I think Nightwing number one. I might be in. Nice. Um, back to just like a really tiny. Well, that was when you could email your letters for the first time through AOL. You know, <laughs> it's like, like do you use our AOL page? And there was like the AOL chat rooms where the pros were coming on. Right, right. And that, that was like huge to me in high school because that was I couldn't go. I was in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, so I couldn't really travel to a lot of places. So it's like, oh, you know, here's a uh, yeah, you know, anybody like I saw the comics, DC comics so message boards for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> Sad time. <laughs> Oh, and also, if you if you really wanted to find my first my the only artwork I've ever done in a comic is in Aquaman number sixty nine, when I was um, that was the uh, I want to say it was Dan Jurgens writing it, and mm-hmm. um, they needed I was an intern at DC at the time, and Tony Bedard, the editor, didn't want to um, send he'd already sent the pages down to production like way too many times asking them for things. He's like, you go to art school, just draw, draw a necklace on Mara on these panels, yeah. and I was like, oh god, all right. <laughs> he like gave me like a sharpie and post its. I was like, oh, so I'm doing these terrible drawings, and they, and he's like, all right, that's fine, this is good enough, and like because the, the artist just forgot to yeah add the uh, necklace yeah, and so I had to do it in like two panels. I'm sure the artist was very happy with those those pages. Uh-huh. And I remember I was in student government at the time at, at, at School of Visual Arts, and we hung them up on the wall. We're like, look at this beautiful artwork. Like, uh-huh. Even then, I knew how awful it was. You know, it was like that's my. Th- to this day, it's my only artwork in a comic book. Nice. That's my, and I have an art major. You know, so. <laughs> but yeah, that was That's a like, sidetrack yeah. from whatever we were talking about. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, bring it back to Batman Ninja Turtles. If you had the chance for a sequel, how likely would it be for us to see Farmer Brown from the new Batman Adventures? Because he seems to fit perfectly with the the connections uh, to the mutant gen, maybe. Probably not. I have I do have some ideas for some of I, I don't want to say anything because we have talked about it a little bit. There's mm-hmm. nothing in the works right now because Turtles is shifting completely to a new style. Right, right. And I don't know if I'm gonna be in I I'm I'm been told I'm gonna be in the loop for that. I'd love to write for that comic just because anything Ninja Turtles is fun to write. And uh, mm-hmm. and I like some of the interesting um some of the designs are very different. I like when they go in different directions. I know there's people that get mad at every incarnation of something like, oh, this ruined, you ruined the turtles. And it's like, no, those still exist. The old turtles are still there. Right, this is a different right. thing. We've <laughs> already seen the old turtles. Let's see something else. Yeah. You know? So I'm always yeah. I'm always excited for new directions and stuff. So, um, But yeah, I have, um, I'll, I'll just say there's more, um, 
there's some faces from the animated series, uh, the original one, that are more in line with uh, mutant characters that I would like to explore some connections, like um, mm-hmm. some, I, I guess, more beastly characters. I don't really want to say any more than that if I do get to do... Because I have, I have plots um, I'd like to do more. I'd like to use some characters we didn't use in this. I'd like to do... Maybe um, use the penguin a lot, which would be a lot yeah. of fun. My um, mind's going to Tigris from the Tiger Tiger. Episode. Yeah, there's there's, like, some, there's and see, I have I know a lot of people hate those episodes, and I I, I love those. Oh, yeah, you know, me all too. those. There's a lot of characters like that in that series that are kind mm-hmm. of uh, you know a little that fit in very well with the Ninja Turtle world. So it'd right. be kind of fun to use those and or maybe even like you know I don't know if they'd want to do new animated style or not. You know, or if this would be something before that. There's not really anything saying. Mm-hmm. That we couldn't have a story in between those. Like it was just kind of like, especially if they met a different version of the turtles. I know I asked you at the Comic Con if you could ever bring them into Batman Beyond times and have them yeah, meet that splicers. Would, that would be a lot of fun. I'd like to do too. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of yeah, all those, all those characters. There's yeah, another. I mean, there's an appeal of those. You know, kind of like the mm-hmm. animal human that mix with like Bebop and Rocksteady would fit in right in. Right. You know, those clubs. That's you perfect. know, that, yeah. <laughs> that Terry's doing that dance to. That club, right? <laughs> yeah, that one song. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Ted, do you think we should probably move on to non non TMNT? Yeah, unless you have any <laughs> um, any additional thoughts. I'm sure that if I had read the comic before, right before we talked, like I was supposed to, that I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But it's yeah, I, I put a lot of that. Um, yeah, I put a lot of that. Uh, Stuff in my on the on my website when I went through the you know right. and talked all the, the you little did Easter talk eggs back yeah. sort of thing yeah. and then we did that director's cut where I just I didn't really do anything but tell a little story about mm-hmm. you know the turtles so but so that stuff's kind of already out there a little bit in the wild for sure <laughs> yeah and I'm sure like there the the full collections out there you can buy that at stores um, I'm sure all the issues are up on Comicsology so it's a good book hopefully we get more of it <laughs> <laughs> like it. Hope so too. Well, we we'll can see. we can jump back to Justice League Adventures because uh, that's um, yes. that was one of the first series I ever uh, collected as a comic book reader. Like I I was reading JLA by Grant Morrison that got me into comics. Then I just kept reading JLA and I had a mail subscription that would come to my house. Oh, I would wow. get JLA once a month <laughs> and I would get Justice League Adventures. They're like folded in half and like shoved <laughs> in your sometimes, mailbox. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> But most of the time they were okay, but they would yeah. they couldn't be in the mail. So that's like Just League Adventures is one of the first books, and I'm pretty sure I got your issues like in oh, the yeah. mail that way. So yeah, I funny. bought I bought a <laughs> a pack of the first sixteen issues on eBay, and then that's all the comics I had for like ten years. So. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, it was yeah, that's great. that's all. Um, Dan Slott's, uh, essentially, it was his idea to do a book like that. Mm-hmm. So, And he reminded me several times that I have to thank him for it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you got to thank me, I did that. Right. Because he pitched a whole bunch of ideas to DC, and then they decided they wanted to do different writers each yeah. all the time. And We love his Batman Adventures run. Yeah, it was so some neat stuff. He introduced a lot of cool it. characters. and Yeah. Canceled prematurely for the Batman strikes. Yeah, but... Uh, it happens. So, <laughs> just yeah, thanks, yeah. Matt. Thanks. <laughs> well, that wasn't me. At the, I had to fight to get an issue of Batman. Well, because they had a regular writer on Batman Strikes, mm-hmm. and still, and, and it was kind of like I was like, oh, I really want to do more. You know, Justice League Adventures is gone. I want to do more titles, and um, and so I was like, I, my first issue was supposed to be an inventory issue that was going to maybe never happen. Right, right. And then they liked it. My editor Nachi uh, uh, liked it so much that he just put it in um, right away. And so, and then he, I got a call. Um, that was still one of the. I think that's my, maybe the only time I ever got a phone call offer for a job was that he called me. <laughs> people still called on the phone back then uh-huh. in my day, and uh, <laughs> and then it was uh, he called me to do the Batman Dracula tie-in. 
Oh, right. And we were, right. That was supposed to be something that was just going to be released at Walmart. They're going to have a special edition with a comic book at Walmart. And then Walmart backed out of that deal too late. And so we ended up doing, um, it just came out as issue like 15 of the series. So it was like, and then after that, at that point, I'd done two fill-in issues, and they were both with Wes Craig. And then we started to do, uh, the, they started to hire a lot of different writers, and that kind of became one of those things where there were like five of us writing for it and you're trying to, mm-hmm. like, uh, there's a lot of good people in those books, too. There's a lot of fun stories coming out of that. But it was, you had, it took me a while to embrace that style, too, because I was still hung up on Batman Handmade series, you know, and like, right. And then I remember before Jackie I Chan Adventures. So I oh, watched yeah. that before this. <laughs> and it was like those things were, that's one of the things that taught me to accept, like, oh, this could be interesting in its own right. You know, like the, mm-hmm. uh, like, I don't know how many times I've had um, arguments with people about Teen Titans Go. And everyone was just like, oh, this isn't my Teen Titans. Right. This is terrible. But it's like, that's that was my feeling when the first Teen Titans came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then I was like, well, my, this isn't my Teen Titans. My Teen Titans was started in 1980 with the new Teen Titans. But then I'm thinking, well, that's not even. Someone else, when that came out, was like, this is a My Teen Titans. Where's, uh-huh. like, where's, uh, where's Harold and Bumblebee? Yeah, yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> so it's, like, it's always changing. And, it's like, we, mm-hmm. like, you keep getting madder. You can embrace, you know. And now I've just written my first Teen Titans Go issue. That's right. And because I, I think it's hilarious. That show is so funny. And I, I think the other Teen Titans got a fair shot. It ran its course. They did everything I think they wanted to do with it. Or at least, you know, mm-hmm. seen, it had a nice wrap-up with the movie afterwards. And then, and so, and when you get to all the voice actors signing on because it's a funny you know, right, idea. It's right. like, well, how can? Why is there so much anger? Those same actors are doing it. They're uh, like, no, no, guys. You know, this is still good. But yeah, I don't know. Either way, it's 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 very uh, it's a very different take, and you know, doesn't hurt the old Teen Titans. But <laughs> so Justice League Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to how I drew some uh, necklaces in Aquaman. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I mean, this is from Teen Titans. I, I do want to ask: Do you think? Do you think it's, it's part yeah, of the DC right. animated universe? I actually originally wrote it that well, not Teen Titans Go, uh, but, okay, yeah. Um, but original Teen Titans, I I in my head it was Dick Grayson when he was young before mm-hmm. he becomes you know before all the he's in college and yeah then, before all that series. and it doesn't really fit in but it, to me that's technology because yeah. it's all you know, and that's how I justify like when I did the um, Robin I had Robin meet the. Um, Justice League and my second issue of right, Justice League Adventures right. bringing it back Tim to Tim Drake right. yeah and so that's what I was thinking well it couldn't be you know and I remember people at the time were like why don't you use the this you know the Robin from Teen Titans and I was like well or from Teen Titans and I, mm-hmm. and I was like well it doesn't I, I think or maybe that was asked after I can't remember when Teen Titans started if, I'm pretty sure our issues were it was, there was around overlap. the same time yeah, yeah. and uh, it's hard I mean it's been a while since I worked on that mm-hmm. but that was and I did that with uh, Tim Levins who I actually own the splash page of that well my parents own it I bought it for my um, my parents because my dad I drew a Batman drawing in my dad's office. It was the worst thing ever. I was waiting, and it was on his like his dry erase board while I was waiting for him at work. And he kept that thing there for years. And I was like, "This is the worst drawing ever." I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna buy you something for your office that you can hang. And it was my script and the splash page and the comic page all framed together. Nice. nice. And and then he only displayed that at home. He never put. He kept that dry erase Batman still in his work. I was like, "Stop it!" He's like, "I like it. It's Batman." I was like, "All right." <laughs> but uh, Tim Lovins is great. We had he's um, Scott Peterson on um, a couple episodes ago, and he only said the nicest things about Tim Lovins. Yeah, and, well, both those guys are great. And uh, yeah, and um, I actually was hoping I would. Get, I requested Tim. I said, I remember <laughs> my editor. Um, I don't think Tim even knows that. We never we never spoke until afterwards. And I said, "Oh, I love this. Can I buy a page?" You know, and that was like our only communication, if I if I'm remembering right. And I um, 
I remember beforehand I did my first issue and then Wacker was like, Oh, we'd like to do a second issue with you and I said, mm-hmm. um I said, Oh, do you know that do you know that Tim Levin's guy? And he starts laughing and he's like, Of course I know Tim Levin. So I was like, Can he do my issue? And he's like, I'll see what I can do. And then I did I didn't find out and then I got the pages. Yeah. Like I was just happened to be at the DC office. He's like, Oh, here's here's photocopies of your issue and I was like, Oh, all right. Nice, <laughs> this is awesome. Nice. And it was like better than I could have expected. It was like exact because I I've been a big fan of his. I was like he's like the mm. master of this style. I, you know, after Mike Parabek as far as issues go. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, you know, I wanted to really work with him, and I was very excited to do that. It was one of the, I was the, I think maybe the only time I've ever been able to request an artist on a, on a project, <laughs> but it, it worked out well. And uh, yeah, that's great. I I love the episode. There's a lot of Clayface in that too. Yeah, and, I did a little. Clayface feels like more of a, I mean, I, I remember getting a little blowback for what that it was. I mean, no one reviews those things, but um, there was like, you know, three people reading that comic, I think, by the time, because it was like the uh-huh. second to last issue or something. And um, I remember being like, oh, Clayface is really kind of stopping Superman for a while. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> for the, the sake of the story, he needed to, I mean, right, we, right. we put everybody else in space, but at that point, and it could be foreseeable that like Superman's having trouble, you know, getting a hold of this guy for a little bit, which is only, it just happens for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you account. have to, and like, because the Justice League cast is so large, you got seven main characters. Yeah, that was, that was a rough book, especially because I'm, I'm more used to, um, the street level type character that's what always interests mm-hmm. me i've always read justice league but um when it comes to like uh, that's what batman and Ninja turtles and spider-man it's always those level of characters and right. the cosmic stuff has always been harder for me so it was like um even then you know i was like oh i want to do felix faust because i love batman and the outsiders and faust was on the outsiders in the 90s his son and so i was kind of like oh i love that villain mm-hmm. and actually in that one we had an inside joke that didn't make it in and i think it was because they thought we were um i think that they didn't get the reference but um in that story, um, Bruce Wayne is in one of the jail cells the whole time. Or, um, and Batman are like, he's... Um, I, I forget the uh, uh, actual all the right. details, but I wanted to do... Faust had impr- like, yeah, he, mind he, controlled he, him to be a prisoner. And so he comes, yeah, and he get, rescues him. Robin figures it out. Mm-hmm. And um, and on the do- on the jail cell, it was supposed to say Frank Dixon. And because that was an alias Batman used in the old in the comics oh, of the 80s yeah. when, he would, when he was training. Yeah. And they just took that off. I think they thought it was maybe a tribute to like Chuck Dixon or Frank uh-huh. Miller or something. And... But I was like, no, that's the name. When he was like, he used it more than once. Um, in the, I think, I think I want to say Batman um, Chronicles. He might have used it okay. in that in one of those. Kind of like in, Matches Malone in an annual. Yeah, it was like this. This he was just going by this when he was. I think it was the um, the first one was he was uh, a training with a detective that they brought back from fifties continuity to learn how to be a police detective. And okay. It was kind of using this Frank Dixon name, and I was like, oh, that's a good Easter egg. So if you know that, you'll realize Batman's in that cell. Right. And so it was kind of like. And I wanted, you know, you. I like to have people be able to figure out the mysteries. Like, yeah. we actually, John and I, we um, originally were going to have the scene in Central Park and Ninja Turtles take place. And I forgot to put in my script, and I emailed John about it later. And I think he must must have forgot about it or didn't have room. But it was supposed to take place in the Alice in Wonderland area of Central Park, where there's mm-hmm. all these Alice in Wonderland themed around. That was going to be a hint that it's Mad Hatter behind everything. Right, but we didn't right. get to do that. So, right. <laughs> one, way or, one way or another, that didn't happen. We did do a couple little hints. There were. I, even in the first episode, you say something like, oh, we went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, that know? was the first. That was like the, <laughs> yeah. like, hey guys, it's Mad Hatter related. Yeah. You know, that was my, <laughs> that was really the only tease that made it in there. That was like, because, you know, you don't think like, Mad Hatter's going to be involved in this, you know, very much at all, if, if he even is. And I remember the, the early reviews. I still don't understand, um, reviewing one issue of a six issue series or of anything or like yeah. of an arc of anything i don't get it because they'll be like oh this is uh, i just read one recently and it was like oh this is a strong start to this but it, it, it's not really anything yet and it's like well this it's, it's like 20 issue. pages and, <laughs> and it's not like it's not supposed to be an entire story right, yet you know right. so 
And I remember people like once some reviews said, "Oh, there's gonna be no twists." Like it's like this is gonna be a straight up. If you're expecting twists, don't look at this comic. And I was like, "Really? All right." <laughs> I was like, you would know better, reviewer. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then we got like we did get pretty lukewarm reviews because we were getting um, compared to the first Batman Turtles. Mm. Right off the bat. And then by the end, we got all these reviews that the same people were saying, this was better than the first one. And like, we <laughs> love this. And I was like, all right, well, maybe if you waited. Yeah, wait till the end. Yeah. Wait till I do that theme song <laughs> sequence that everybody likes. <laughs> That's what everybody's waiting for. Yeah. Um, I noticed a couple of uh, little Easter egg things in your Just League Adventures stuff. Like the uh, Aquaman and Poison Ivy one. Oh, yeah. There's a, a fight scene at the beginning where they're on the beach and there's a bunch of starfish and stuff. It, there's It's very much Starro. Oh yeah, there's, yeah, there's starfish like... all over people. They have to, yeah, that's those. That and there was a scene that scene that didn't work in that um, uh, when we I wrote it and I really liked the scene. It was this, where everybody's getting attacked by um, there's an aquarium and everyone's getting it like the, and Batman just freezes and he just has his hand up and it just didn't work because huh. it wasn't animated. And like in my head, I guess I was I wasn't visual. I mean, I was brand new to this is my first superhero comic, mm-hmm. and he was just supposed to stand there while all these starfish I think attached to him or squids or whatever that sequence was. And he was supposed to just like signaling to everybody to stop. Yeah. And it was this cool sequence in my head, and I just don't think it worked on paper. Oh, I remember that because then he, the, all the jellyfish jump on him, and then he, like, at, Superman turns and he's like, "Oh, where's Batman? What happened to Batman?" And yeah. then all of a sudden, he zaps them all. He stings all the jellyfish. Yeah, and then and it's like, <laughs> and there was a couple things like that um, that didn't get in. Like there was, I remember he was looking at the computer, and at first you see his face, and it's like supposed to be a reflection of the computer screen, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be covered in the spores that he's looking at. And I don't think the colorist did that, or that didn't happen. There was also supposed to be a scene where um, Hawk Girl leans in to, um, and, 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 and I like why they're talking. They're talking in the back cave. She was supposed to lean in, and he was supposed to get uncomfortable just being that close to Hawk Girl. Like, yeah, it's kind of like nope, professional. Like I'm not like I'm not close to anyway. You know, it's kind of like yeah. the the Vicky Vale scene in the beginning of Batman, where when uh, she looks at him in the Batmobile and he like uh-huh. turns a light on her face, and she's like, oh no, light. Yeah. And <laughs> she can't that's, fight against the light. That's funny to say because I remember uh, reading that. Um, and thinking like, oh, this is just like Hawk Girl's like a substitute for Alfred. Yeah. She's like the person behind the computer, like bouncing off and, their ideas. Yeah, they were supposed to be, and I, and I think <laughs> without the sexual tension, yeah. Alfred doesn't have that element. And I think, <laughs> yeah, no, not as not as much as I'd like to put in, but no, there. Uh, but there's some scenes, and yeah, I I think I can't remember what made it in or not. There was supposed to be Batman. It was just, um, oh, it was supposed to start with Batman literally sitting in the dark, not doing anything, and and then it was supposed to like something was supposed to happen on the computer, and it, like he was just waiting. And he's just like sitting, like meditating, or just doing nothing in the dark, as if there's he's doing nothing if he's not Batman, uh-huh. like literally nothing. And that didn't make it in either. And there was kind of like there's a couple sequences like that that we had. Um, there was some. Uh, I think it was we we're just kind of like I was getting my sea legs, you know, for right, the Aquaman right. pun issue. But also there was a. I don't think that I was. I'm also not. Um, even still today, I'm not. An editor's not going to 100 percent trust my instincts, you know. Because I'm still not, I haven't been doing a monthly book or something. So it's one of those, it's always like a little struggle. Like, no, trust me, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking about this recently. There was a, I did a Spider-Man issue. That was my first Marvel comic. And uh, there was a scene where um, it's, it's, I mean, I'm going to spoil it. But <laughs> <laughs> the idea was that um, Spider-Man was uh, hung upside down. Um, or Spider-Man hung a vil- uh, bad guy upside down on top of a building saying, He's like, yeah, the webbing lasts for an hour. Don't worry, it'll be fine. I'm going to call the police. They'll be here. I'll come back or whatever. And then he hears an explosion, so Spider-Man goes off to deal with the explosion. And so while he's gone, um, the, it's like 45 minutes later now, and the guy's still hanging, and the webbing's starting to get weak. And the whole story's from that guy's perspective. And what happens, he's like, how am I going to get out of here? I'm hanging upside down. You know, he's trying to flag down the cleaning help inside the building and stuff like that. And then uh, 
Um, anyway, Spider-Man comes back at the end, and the joke is he webs him up again at the end. The guy's like, why are you doing this? Why are you webbing me up again? <laughs> and then the joke is Spider-Man walks away, uh, in the back, and you see that the guy's only a foot off the ground. And I was like, that's the gag. Oh, he's not going to get hurt now. Uh-huh. And so the editor um, uh, was a you know, longtime editor, great editor at Marvel, and uh, I still really like him. And we haven't got a chance to work together and, um, ever since, I don't think. We, I think we co-wrote a book together, Tom Brevoort. He okay. did one of the Marvel history books with me at one point. Um, and, uh, um, or I did it with him, I should say, because he's been... <laughs> right, <laughs> I just right. tagged along at that point when he was still work, uh, working on the you know, kind of writing projects. And, um, and he had said, well, Spider-Man looks awkward when he walks. He's like, so we should have him swinging away. And I'm like, yeah, I, I agree with that. But the joke, like, and I, I was new, so I couldn't even, ar- I, I argued, like, he gave me, like, five notes, and they're all really good notes, except that one I didn't agree, but I kind of just agreed with all the notes. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight because this is my first thing. I don't want to argue, but I don't want to be difficult. Yeah, yeah. But then the idea was that walking home really sold the joke, the fact that he's still walking. And so the artist actually drew Spider-Man swinging away in the way that he did it. The angle had to be different. So now he drew the guy hanging six feet off the ground. So if he falls, he's still going to get hurt. So the joke's not as strong. You get the uh-huh. joke, but it's not as strong. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, that walking home would have sold it. You know? So mm-hmm. it's like one of those times the new guy was, I think I was right on that take. You probably but, were. You know, just, <laughs> at the same, you can't argue for, you know, the editor has the final say in a lot of these things. I always think I'm right. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if I am or not. I'm probably way off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and Wacker did actually, you um, to his credit for our first Justice League issue, Wacker added the good line at the end of the book, where it's like in the middle they're like it's Batman his his city his rules or something. Okay. And then at the yeah, end, Batman's right. swinging away or whatever, and they're like, I forget. Flash says something sarcastic, like, and they're like, Well, no, it's Batman his city his rules. And that was Wacker bringing that back, and I was like, Oh, that was a good uh, beat. I'm gonna I'll take credit for that. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until I, this podcast. I you know? <laughs> right, right, right. I, I read that it was because it was in the first page and then the last page. Like, oh, his yeah, city his rules. It was a good okay, little nice. bookend. That... And then you had that in the Robin issue too, because he's like, oh, I was yeah. trained by the best. Yeah, and, and that's that was... in the first page, and it's in the last. Page. Yeah, I do a lot of bookends still, <laughs> but uh, that was one of the um, the times I didn't have a good end line for that. And mm-hmm. he came up with that. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I still like that one. So, <laughs> so with that issue, I uh, just another continuity question because I know that's what our fans are into. There's <laughs> the Flash has no idea who Robin is when he's there on the Watchtower. Flash yeah. like, oh, who's this? Little, what's he say? Does this little guy belong to anybody? Yeah, yeah. And he actually meets Robin. In the script it said, does this kid belong to anybody? Oh, yeah. And I guess that was next because you can't call Robin a kid. Maybe, I don't know. But Uh, (laughs) So he did meet Robin about four years earlier in Batman Gotham Adventures. There's an issue with the Flash and Batman and Robin. See, that's that's one of those cases, though, where that couldn't have been, you know, like... Because they were both drawn by Tim Lovins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim should have said something. Yeah, yeah <laughs> if should've. we would fully communicate. <laughs> right, right. But I think it's one of those cases where a lot of those issues, when you introduce them before the series introduces mm-hmm. it, that's why I was like, I always feel those get nixed. Then you right. know, like that. It was very much the Flash from the Superman the yeah. series. Yeah. And I mean, in theory, that could have still happened, you know. But it was mm-hmm. one of those, you know, one of those beats where I'm yeah. kind of like, eh, if it's not, you know, I tried you do, to you stay do within the cartoon continuity canon. nod though, where Superman is like, oh yeah, I've met him before. Yeah. Nighttime. Yeah where he teams mm-hmm. up with Robin. And, they've and that was because it was in the cartoon. Where it's like, right. And that's really the way the editors approach all those. It's kind of like the books don't aren't necessarily in canon, even though mm-hmm. I always take my stories in that's canon. That's how we approach them, too. <laughs> yeah, that's we, where the cartoon's a real canon, and then if it fits in nicely, you mm-hmm. know, that's that's the best part. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, nice. What works, do. works. What do. doesn't, doesn't. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's like you can't, that's when I, like when doing the Batman files, it's like, well, this couldn't happen when this story thinks it like the and the way I did that a lot was when back then Batman year year one Batman or his first couple years so you just had the black bat 
right, and then right. he de- developed the yellow oval, so you could place stories visually right away. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, didn't make it started does not make sense. People would throw in characters that shouldn't be there at that time, and it's like ah, it's annoying. Like, and there was no way like Batman Year Two could actually be the second year. There's absolutely no way because Year One's literally the first year, right? And right. then. Batman, there's all these other things that had to happen first when he was still with the Black Bat and still with, like, he had to meet the Joker, he had to meet all these other characters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them will take place in holidays, and so there's all this nonsense where he had to disagree. You have to just, like, all right, that's not taking, that's not a Christmas, that was right. something else. That <laughs> was Christmas in July, sure. Uh-huh. You know, just to make it all, to rationalize and make it all fit. Yeah. And, you know, I did the best I could with that. The only thing I'm, I'm unhappy with what I did was um, I did follow the, the post, uh, I think I was post, the post-crisis version of Man Bat, where he took play, where he was um, came earlier in the career, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't really make as much sense. Like he really should be around the same time as right. Rachel Ghoul and stuff. But... Well, the animated universe, he's first. Oh yeah, yeah, he's first. So, <laughs> very early. Oh, and that's one story I never yeah. got to do too. I did a um, forgot about that. Um, I did a pitch for um, a two-issue Justice League series when they were still doing. I guess it was Justice League Unlimited, maybe mm-hmm. um, when they were doing. But I don't know if. I don't know why it would have been two issues. I feel like all those were single issues. I'm not sure. Most of them were, yeah. But it must have been something where I was, I don't know, I, was, I had too big of an idea. And I wanted, um, and the idea was going to be um, the city is overrun with man bats. And I was going to do an homage to that opening sequence, what they did in, um, you know, the Justice League Unlimited episode. The which, final episode. Yeah, with which the was nice. where he drives Which by the plane. was supposed to be the last episode, then another season, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was kind of going to be a nod to that with like, oh no, the, the city is overrun with man bats and, you know, it's going to be... And then I think they did a story similar to that in Batman Strikes around the same time, too. And I was like, oh, never mind. That was yeah. gone. <laughs> and Graham Morrison has all the man bat. Yeah, then he brought all that. Yeah, right. so... Man bat. Yeah, I just love man good, bat, uh, if you can't tell. <laughs> that's a good little transition to... I wanted to jump back to that uh, Aquaman Justice League Adventures real quick. The the main, like, plot oh, yeah. in that was... Uh, like, you know, he's going around doing all this crazy stuff that you wouldn't expect Aquaman to do. And then it turns out that Poison Ivy's been mind-controlling him the whole time is why... And that issue came out around the time that the Batman cartoon aired, and then made it so that uh, they couldn't use most Batman characters on the car- on the Justice League cartoon anymore. Uh, did you have any like issues getting Poison Ivy to be in that comic, or was that nothing around? Like, did they, they not care at all? There's that Bat embargo. <laughs> the Bat embargo. Oh so they yeah, for it the... the cartoons. Well, no, they actually didn't. Um, there was no issue like whatsoever. The only issue I had was that they kind of put Poison Ivy on the cover. <laughs> I was oh. like, oh no, that's really oh. a twist, but <laughs> <Yeah>. all right. <laughs> I was like, there's a female shadow, it's definitely Poison Ivy. Yeah. Like, I remember showing it, I think, uh, to my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I was like, this is mine. She's like, oh, that's Poison Ivy. I was like, you don't even know comics. <laughs> and you know who that character is. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. But, uh, no surprise. Yeah. So <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't a twist there. But yeah, there was never any kind of um, rule. Now, there's more rules now with. Um, because I'm doing some of those capstone um, mm-hmm. young reader, like the Choose Your Own Adventure type books or the You Choose books. And uh, we've, we have a list of characters we can use and which who we can't use. And there was some, I'd be like, oh, I want to, I forget. I'm trying to remember who I was trying to use. And they're like, no, I'm like, that one's off limits. And I was like, hmm. why? It was, it was in the series or something, you know, but it was just one of those. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that they have to be in Justice League. There's all these other rules. They have a certain amount they want to use. And uh, mm-hmm. And they have to be that uh, kid friendly ish enough, you know that kind of thing. But yeah, but, yeah Mr. Zaz or anything like no, that. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but but they do encourage to use Cyborg because of his involvement in the movie, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Which was fun because the, the most recent one I wrote was um, almost like Cyborg is a new guy in the Justice League, and it was supposed to be really a Batman 
story and then it ended up just being a cyborg story. I'm like, I guess I'm just going to have a cyborg, you know, this whole time. Do you prefer a cyborg who graduated from the Titans to the Justice League or who was just a Justice Leaguer? Oh, no, yeah, I much prefer the new Teen Titans. Yeah, the... And, I mean, there was such a strong bond between all those characters and Cyborg was very much... He's very strong bond with Beast Boy and, you know, and the whole group. And so it's kind of like when you lose... I think that was what New 52 lost the most for me mm-hmm. was the Titan stuff. I think so, too. Batman stuff, there wasn't much lost. You know, there's a couple... It just bothered me that these stories didn't count anymore, you know? But again, those stories are still there, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it's like... It's not as exciting to write if you're... You know, I want to write this version of Batman. It's not as exciting if it's a different version. And they've kind of let it all... Like, Tom King kind of really let all that seat back in, yeah. you know? And, uh, yeah, he has. And so there's... And we've actually discussed some of that. There was that panel, uh, there's a page of Grayson where he has all these quotes from all these different comics. And he was like, it, he said it was very hard to do that because he had to figure out which ones, what, which of these comics are still in continuity and stuff. And I was kind of like, <laughs> oh yeah, I was looking, like trying to recognize all those quotes, you know, right, and that kind of right. stuff. But uh, yeah, and I think, I think that's back, you know, back in. And I think it was, I like you were just really Snyder, missing that. Was... Snyder had an issue of metal called Batman Lost where there's mm-hmm. a whole... Um, Library in Wayne Manor where he's got a different library. Oh yeah, that was a really major story. A cool little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and they've just put Martian Manhunter kind of back in place. I think. Yeah, he's and, coming um, back. So it's kind of like they're going back to that. You know, I like the pre-crisis, but again, I mean the post-crisis stuff. Mm-hmm. Pull that out. But again, that's uh, the problem with that is that caused all sorts of problems too. They had that, like Wonder Woman was like, oh no, like <laughs> right. Wonder Woman's not a Justice League anymore. Now it's Black Canary, and so you know mm-hmm. everything. They had, they go through that every couple of years. Yeah, and it was like and they and that was that was years of yeah. piecing those together through secret think, origin stories and yeah. so it's kind of the same process again and like Dan Dio is on record for saying something like the DC universe needs a clean wipe you know clean slate every like ten to twenty years yeah or something and, like that probably ten years <laughs> which they do but it seems like yeah. the I feel like the post crisis stuff has really hit people in a way that's a little bit different because um, I don't know maybe. Maybe that you grew up with it, like, and you know that became your entire universe. Where the Silver Age, there were some things they even they were realizing, oh, these are we're growing some of these characters up a little bit. The Golden Age right. stuff we're growing, and it doesn't really fit in. Like that's you know we can't have Batman be it, you know, in World War Two or anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> that makes sense anymore. And so I think that they adapted a little easier. There was a lot of protesting, but again, no internet. So you can't really, they weren't that vocal and they're, you know, right. if they protested, it was Angry whether it was letter. in a, fa- yeah, a, a, <laughs> if they chose to print it or was in a fanzine or something, mm-hmm. or, you know, at your comic store, people would complain. Right. I remember very, um, very clearly going to the, my comic store the week after Batman and Robin, the movie came out and everyone was so mad, but it was no internet. So there's only this little tiny hub of anger about this movie. <laughs> and I remember they were mad about the dumbest thing. Like, you're not mad about the bat ice skates. None of that stuff right. bothered you. And it's something that, you know, they couldn't decide whether it was funny or serious. Well, what bothered them was that um, that uh, Barbara was Alfred's niece or something. Uh-huh. They're so mad about Batgirl as commissioner's daughter. I'm like, yeah. even the comics aren't clear on this at this point. You know, mm-hmm. like, because Frank Miller forgot her in Batman Year One. You know, like, so it's like... Then now she says adopted daughter. Devin Grayson's like, no, the real doctor uh, daughter because they had an affair. Because you know? he was married to a Barbara too. Yeah. Gordon. So yeah. it's just a that was the issue. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a little messy. Well, we got about five more minutes. So if there is any wrapping thoughts, so about I'm the necklace, I drew. Qu- yeah, <laughs> back to the Aquaman. Yeah. I'm looking for a question that I can bring up that'll be like, oh, I definitely don't want to miss this one. Um, we could do rapid fire. We could one word answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The answer's That'll always Batman. I did want to make sure that we got to uh, 
when I mean, I, I think you kind of touched on this a little bit already, but uh, when uh, when you were writing the TMNT Adventures or the Batman TMNT Adventures, uh, there were also either in production or already being released issues of other kind of DCAU ish comics like the Batman and Harley Quinn prequel sequel. And there was a uh, Paul Dini's like Harley loves Joker backup series that was going on. Did, and did you guys communicate at all between any of those teams to make sure that like you weren't stepping on any toes or was it just kind of, you know, do, do your own thing. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it was more, it was more of the second. It was kind of just like, um, the, I think it like there was, well, there was no connection. You know, I didn't get any notes from anybody about anything like that. It was kind of like, I'm um, Jim, Jim Chadwick is my connection at, uh, my editor over DC, and he was just kind of happy. Like I think it would just serve the purpose of the story, and it was pretty clear. I mean, especially because of the five issues were pretty much you know like flashback. You know, it was in the older days. It wasn't as you know current or didn't really bother anybody if we changed something. And we really didn't um, get. We didn't have room to do as much as you know. Like, yeah. We didn't have room to like tell any much personal personal things. Like you know, would have been fun or like character beats as much because you had to have like every character in each issue. We actually had to add. We added a page. Of a fight scene between April and Barbara, I mean Batgirl. So we had more of a, so they were in it more because I wanted to have them in it from the, the beginning. And then Nickelodeon was like, "We need Splinter," and I was like, "Where's Splinter gonna go?" So he just like walks through the sewer at one point and like freaks out April, you know? And yeah, like, yeah. And then I wanted to put Ice Cream Kitty in there, so I had to put that, there was uh-huh. like that that gag was Ice Cream Kitty. So there was like a lot of stuff that I just you know we it would if we had if we knew we had six issues I probably would have flushed it out a little bit more. You probably wouldn't have got that. Um, well, we wouldn't have got any of the crank stuff. Mm-hmm. It would just been those, but we would have. I would have had a little bit more action beats, maybe fleshed out the scarecrow story a little bit longer. Yeah, which I I was having a lot of fun with that. Like that was one of my the favorite. Bit. And that's when John was really like that was that was John's fault because he said I want to draw all these other characters. What about these other villains? And I'm like, all right, <laughs> so uh-huh. he just draw panel with like 50 characters, like Catwoman and Penguin, everybody that doesn't make it. Yeah, not the king. Yeah, that's gonna be anybody hard. I could fit in. It's gonna be hard to try to fit in like everything, you know, that you you would have fanboy uh, aspirations about. Like, oh, this guy's got to meet this guy, and you only have five issues. Yeah. <laughs> like I wrote, I in like middle school, I started writing. I don't think I ever finished it, but I started writing a like Batman meets Spider Man story, and it had I had like, oh, I have to have, you know, Lex Luthor and Penguin or Lex Luthor and Kingpin meet, <laughs> and I have to have. The Joker uh-huh. and and Hobgoblin meet because they're both voiced by Mark Hamill, and I have to do all this stuff. Yeah. But none of it, like yeah, there's too many things like that. Like, like uh-huh. I did want to do. Um, well, since um, actually for that um, the sequel, I actually asked if we could use the '80s uh, Turtles. Like, can we do? Can can it be a crossover? Like, can this? Other, you know, they go to the Batman. I wanted to do the original Batman anime yeah. series in the '80s Turtles, and they said no, it has to be the new version, because I really wanted to do um, a scene with Summer Gleason meeting reporter April O'Neil. Because that would just been like ridiculous nonsense, you know. Like no one would care uh, except I'd be like, look, they're com- they're competing <laughs> newscasters, care. I would you know. Enjoy that. <laughs> but yeah, I love all the like all those obscure characters that I can fit. Because I've always um, gravitated towards obscure villains, which is probably why Matt Hatter was more in than mm-hmm. other. And but it turns out I I never really liked Joker stories that much as a kid. But I can't. I love writing Joker. It's so much fun. Like those scenes grew exponentially. Yeah. And and like and and I realized oh it's probably good because so many people love Harley now mm-hmm. and so I could, the more I could throw in Harley in there it's probably the better for the readers probably like that but yeah the Joker stuff is just so I realized it when I wrote a Batman Strikes issue and I was like oh I get it now he's just so much fun and like there's like I've always I always you know I like these stories like you know who doesn't like killing Joke and all these mm-hmm. but the fact that he can be um, 
I think some people don't get they either make him like silly or too dark where I think like he's genuinely funny but it's so awful like his jokes normally you know they're always uh, like he's like an abusive funny you know and and so when I got to do just and we didn't even get to do it's all ages so we didn't get to do that side as much but there's still some like dark undertones of you know and I'm I'm downstairs doing my bad Mark Hamill impression as you know I'm writing this you know the whole time like making sure all the lines fit and uh-huh. uh, and more than anybody else like that was the voice I hear you know for even, almost any version of uh, Joker like I've been asked that too about Oh, when you write Batman, do you hear Kevin Conner? Do you hear Michael Keaton? I was like, no, I hear the Batman character that I always, mm-hmm. you know, heard that voice as I was growing up as a kid, like the, in the comics. So I have, a, you know, an own voice for that. But Joker got whatever his voice started out in my head became Mark Hamill very yeah. quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of those that just is like, oh. And, and then it, you, it's so easy to double check that you have his dialogue right. If it sounds like something Hamill would say, then okay, that works. If it mm-hmm. doesn't, it's like, no, that's too clunky, you know, and I'm... I have to revise that again and again, that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's got good flair to it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it got. Classic. And that's one of the things too. I think about the animated universe is um, they started to get wrong towards the end. Whereas, um, and I I love almost everything in the animated universe, but I do think they be like Batman um, went from being. If you look at how he is in the original animated series, which is my favorite interpretation of Batman in the thing, mm-hmm. he starts becoming more and more of a dick. Like near, <laughs> near the end, what it's like, like you went from being like the guy that's always right to being like kind right. of jerky about it, Batman. Like, like knock it off. He's gonna confront the government, but he's gonna like hop into your bathroom and hand you yeah. your, sh- your towel as you're getting out. And I think there, I think that can sprinkled in works, but I think there needs to be more of. And I think Morrison realized that too when he went mm-hmm. back in um, in '52 and had the ten-eyed man like chop away these parts oh, of Batman. Man. I think he was getting back to that Bronze Age Batman where. He is right, like, 99% of the time, and he doesn't always have to, like, be mean about it. And I think the animated series was so popular. I mean, the Justice League is mm-hmm. when, I, when I saw it more than anything, especially, like, the first couple seasons well, and towards the end. Um, and I think you start losing that other part of Batman where he's not... I mean, he's still, they do some good stuff in there where... And I think Justice League was didn't do it... I guess it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, like, an incorrect Batman. It was still, right. the, it was still the right Batman... But he started to get a little more rude, and then the comics just took it too far, and like Batman just became insufferable. And a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of these comics are like, well, I'm not rooting for him. And like, I don't know how many comics it's like the Justice League is having a problem because Batman has a dark secret. It's like, stop right. being a jerk <laughs> with your secrets, Batman. Uh, <laughs> like, Batman went to a cave yeah. for for a month. <laughs> Didn't tell anyone what he was up to. And now all these people are murdered because doing of it. Nothing. What is he doing? Yeah, that's right. what. That's he's what not Batman. Saying. He just turns off. He just does nothing. But I think I think that's I'm I'm glad they kind of Morrison started getting away with it. And I think that one year later stuff um, mm-hmm. when they were doing that, it was some awesome stuff. Robinson's one year later, and then like yeah. all the all the Son of Batman stuff on Morrison's run, he just got him perfectly. And I think Scott Snyder still does that, have that little bit of fun to Batman. And I think right. Tom King does the same, where it's kind of like, especially Tom King recently, the Batman Superman double date stuff that they've been doing it's like oh, you see him as oh yeah more. that's the you time. see him as a human i have to pick up my daughter but <laughs> yeah, you that, see that arc is great i love that yeah <laughs> well it's been good in in the dcu batman's defense so we do have that blog episode where he sits down with ace yeah and, and, he, and that's like the, the and you, and you do see that you that. see that kind thing um like more like uh-huh. everyone's one of the animated series but yeah i think i think it wasn't the animated series i think it was just kind of so much you seeing that version of batman so much that when it bled to the comics. They just took it too far. It's like when Dark Knight Returns happened. It was dark and gritty and amazing, but it was an exaggerated Batman from the future, and then that just became normal Batman for a while. It's uh-huh. like, no, 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 no. Back up. Back yeah. again. <laughs> like, of course correct. 
Yeah. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure chatting yeah, with you today. Thanks, thanks, yeah. We almost talked about some animated we stuff. We did. <laughs> no, we did for sure. We had a good one. Um, we should do this again sometime soon when we have a little more time. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice to eat meet you over there. <laughs> yeah, it's it very nice to actually speak to you. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. We'll do it again. <laughs> All right. He told me to specify that he does not want to sound like he's calling Batman a dick. Because Batman's okay. one of his favorite characters, and I feel like that's—I think that's how we left the, the interview off was with the last. <laughs> that news, is kind of talking yeah. about like DCAU. Batman's kind of a dick, yeah. And they were just like, "Oh shit, it's time to go." <laughs> yeah. So uh, he—that's something we'll have to pick up the next time we talk to him and really dive into yeah. what makes the DCAU Batman the way he is. I suppose. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say he's got like one of the like biggest Batman collections uh, that I've yeah. ever seen. So he's definitely has an appreciation for the character. <laughs> yeah. You showed me the secret pics that I'm not supposed to see. Yeah, yeah. And they don't <laughs> exist. They don't yeah. exist. I mean, so. what secret pics? <laughs> what are you talking about? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to chime in on the Batman that sounds being a, little a sketchy. dick thing. Was, uh, yeah, God. was that uh, he... Was the secret uh, pics. <laughs> <laughs> of Matthew's secret room. <laughs> Hashtag Fifty Shades Freed. Um, oh no! So he, uh, Batman in Batman Beyond is is really old and crabby and dickish, and I think that that was probably on purpose. They were trying to push him more toward that um, by the by Justice League and that kind of stuff. And uh, and he Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. definitely uses his more like gruff old man voice in Justice League Unlimited than he did in batman the animated right i never really like noticed it before but i was watching a pretty recent i don't know how i have it but i was watching a pretty recently a a batman the animated series episode i think it was something with uh i can't even remember but he uh he has a lot more of like a airy kind of voice like when he's talking it's more like this instead of like this Mm -hmm. like he does all the time now and so i don't know what the like if someone told him to do that because he's younger i don't know but it's it's noticeably different um that's all well, that's <laughs> just, interesting just takeaway. point that out because i'm i noticed yeah, yeah. <laughs> well cool so um so so comic relief yeah. i guess uh well we should definitely talk about doomsday clock number three because we haven't had a chance to dissect that sure yes um you've read it right yes I okay have. cool that's it. Um, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, we can start. Batman's costume changes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about that? So yeah, it did. It looks a lot like Gary Frank's Earth One costume. Yeah. It's uh, we're it's kind of like backtracking to a much more classic, like, eighties nineties Batman costume. Uh, it's got the yellow oval again. It's it's got. Uh, he doesn't have his trunks anymore, but he's back to like blue highlights and a full yellow mm-hmm. belt and all this stuff that we've been missing. Uh, but have we been missing it? Is my we question. Have, because, I think because it, uh, it was I, well, I'm not suit, a huge fan of the. Per- it was the suit right before the new Fifty Two started, so it was like it. He had that oval during Batman Incorporated, and they got taken taken oh, out right in the Fifty Two, like trying to make him look younger and stuff. I don't know, but. But it looks a lot like that suit okay. again, which is kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, it seems like we're going to get that again. And yeah. Superman is going to get his trunks back at some point, maybe. But but right, not yeah. in Doomsday Clock, but maybe. I don't know. 
I blame um, Brian Bendis on that because he took over <laughs> yeah. Action Comics and then like demanded a bunch of changes, including the red underwear. So they gave it to him. Um, they gave it to him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, setting Doomsday's clock a year in the future is kind of weird for those sorts of uh, upper level changes, mm-hmm. I guess. Like you just no, you have to do this now. You there's no way. Right, out. right. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean I wasn't a huge fan of the pur- the purple cape. Really, I like uh, it. But I did like the fact that the bat symbol most recently has like a yellow outline around it, and like no other Batman symbol has looked like that. So it's very distinguishing. Mm-hmm. Like this is from the Rebirth era of Batman. Like okay, I know now. And you're probably not a fan of the purple gloves either. You don't like the original purple gloves. Oh. <laughs> I guess they're barely there, but <laughs> but yeah, no. I guess this, I guess this is cool. It's a little annoying that they're changing it with you know like a within a year or two of already changing it. So just like stick to something. Just mm-hmm. just DC keeps not being, for uh, for a minute trusting themselves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. A lot happened in this issue. Yes, a lot of Watchmen things. Um. The comedian uh, returned at the end of issue number two, and at the beginning of this one, we get to see him and Ozymandias kind of have a, a throwdown. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a revenge for what happened at the beginning of Watchmen, and so like we kind of see a flashback too of how the comedian survived that encounter. Yeah. Um, as he's about to hit the ground when he's thrown out the window, he's teleported away to what looks like Metropolis in the DCU, and he looks up and sees Spider Manhattan, his feet. As all we see in the panel, they've been doing a good job of keeping Manhattan hidden in the current, like yeah. the at least like we've seen him in a flashback before in issue number two. But see, my theory is that shadows. he's hiding in the DC universe why. as a pair of feet, so that's all we see of him because he doesn't have oh, yeah? the rest of his body. Yeah, just seven feet. <laughs> well, who do you think he is really, though? Because I, I, I have a theory. Yeah, I have you, a theory. Well, you talked about you I th- thought maybe he was Metron. I did, um, but now I think he's Carver Coleman, who is the actor that we see in this issue no who plays who the character. He's Nathaniel Dusk. Um, he play, He's an actor who's playing this like 1950s detective serial. And oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. There's there's like a clue at the that end of issue number three. That would explain why that's in the issue so much. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but at the end of issue number three, we see like that he had a room, like he when they discovered he was dead or something. There was a room that he had full of clocks, and like he was missing his father's right. um, wristwatch or something like that. It's like in very small print, the last okay. bit of the issue. So I'm like, huh, that's a very Doctor Manhattan thing to uh, to have. <laughs> it's a little unfortunate that like to in. Well, we're our, we've talked about this before with the, with uh, like the Star Wars movies, where nowadays everybody just gets to go home and like discuss on the internet what you think is going to happen, and mm-hmm. this it's the same kind of thing with anything, I guess, because like we're talking about like oh who's who's Doctor Manhattan? You might do this, we might do this, you and I, if like if the internet didn't exist. Well, I guess that's not technically true. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Though. There's not going to be anybody talking about it without the internet, unless they're just hanging out. And there's now there's just like the the even comic books are in a world of uh, oh you know Doctor Manhattan's probably this guy, and then someone will figure it out, and then it won't be a big surprise anymore. So it's just a little 
dumb i mean i look forward it's to the kind of thing <laughs> yeah i mean I, we have no idea like last time we talked about it i was pretty sure he might be metron but like now like now i think he's this other guy right um i feel the same way about rorschach i had a couple of theories about who he was after reading issue number one now in issue number three we know that his name is reggie and he watched his family die in the like giant squid monster thing from Watchmen yeah. and like we see that flashback play out and then like in uh, Wayne Manor he's taking a shower and he like rubs his scalp bloody which is crazy so Reggie's got some issues whoever yeah. Reggie is he's not a character I think we've seen before So I thought at first that he was just scratching his head and that he was like imagining blood because we immediately slapped to the flashback of the squid monster but I guess you're right mm-hmm. that he probably is just like God, get it out of my head, get it out of my head, like so much. Yeah, just, yeah, cuts himself with his fingers. Yeah, he he might be a little crazy, yeah. which is why Batman yeah, locks him up in Arkham Asylum yeah. at the end of the issue, which is pretty awesome that he kind of tricks him into going into what looks like the Mad Hatter's old yeah, cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think while he's there in Arkham, yeah, was, he's uh, probably going to encounter Saturn Girl from the Legion of Superheroes because we know she's mm, been in Arkham mm. from what we've seen in DC Rebirth and the Button. And so it seems like a natural progression of those plot threads to have them yeah. encounter each other in the next part. It was it was definitely a surprise, like in a as it should have been, um, when mm-hmm. you know I think you think you're going to turn the page and see Doctor Manhattan in the cell or something, but then you just oh there's nobody. Uh, <laughs> it's for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that was pretty cool. But maybe Batman was serious about like that time anomaly because Saturn Girl is there. You know, so maybe his um, that's true. The analysis was right, but we'll see. Um, another mystery it just means that those char- they can't do anything with Saturn Girl or any other of those kind of characters between now and a year from now. They just have to keep. Oh God damn it! Yeah, still, <laughs> she's still that's these right, right. <laughs> well, we saw her briefly in the button when she's watching that hockey game, and she's kind of freaking out because she knows like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the hockey game where the button stuff happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in the history cubes or whatever. <laughs> the yeah, button yeah. stuff. That was 2018 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, another mystery, Mime and Marionette, who are like the Joker and Harley, they are looking for their kid who they, I guess, are pretty sure that the kid is on the, the DC universe somewhere. Like, that's probably why Ozymandias brought them along. Um, because he knew that oh, yeah. Manhattan knew where the kid was, but I'm thinking now that like the kid was probably brought into the DC universe. And so doing the math, yeah. like the flashback where we see Manhattan like first encounter Mime and Marionette and like he sees that she's pregnant at least had to be seven years ago because there's been seven years between 92 and 1985. Sure. And so but we can assume that it's probably even more than that because that was like the bare minimum of time. And like there was obviously like they encountered Manhattan before the events of Watchmen. So this kid is probably in his teens, I would say, you know, if not a little older, like he could be a young mm-hmm. adult. So it's really interesting. Um, friend Jesse, who we had on the podcast last week, uh, texted me. He was like, the kid's Tim Drake. That's why Dot. That's why Mr. Oz kidnapped Tim Drake and brought him to his thing because that's my mm-hmm. and Marionette's kid. And I'm just like, no, 
Like it's not, it's not Tim Drake. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like it, it's gotta be someone else. Like he, he was, he said that because it was like, they have the same colored hair. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> um, I think that Tim Drake got taken because of his ties to the young justice characters and how Connor Kent's missing from rebirth. Cassie Sam, Sam's Mark yeah. and uh, Bart Allen aren't there either. So I think that's, his importance there in some capacity i don't know but i'm thinking maybe the kid might be the joker i don't That's know what i was about to bring up but i don't like if the, if you're saying that this book is supposed to explain the three jokers thing or that's mm-hmm. what has been press press um, has said so or whatever but the, yeah um, yeah if you're saying he's teenager wise uh, but i guess matt dr manhattan can mess with time and whatever so it's, mm-hmm. It could be anybody. It's all fictional it re- it stories. It could you be know? anybody, could be yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows who this kid yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> But he's probably there somewhere. I mean, it would make sense for, to, for him to be the Joker based on who the parents are. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if one of the Jokers would, grew up I mean, without any parents, you know? And, like, we get some sort of backstory. Because yeah. we know the Joker is going to be there soon. <laughs> They're going to run into the Joker very soon. Yeah, I think he's on the cover of the next issue. So, um, he should play a part. The, uh, that's one of those things, I think I've talked about it before, where I just, I, I, I don't want to know where the Joker comes from or what his name is or all this stuff. Like, I like that mm-hmm. he does, he has yeah. a mysterious past and all this stuff. And that I don't like the idea that someday you'll just be able to go on Wikipedia and, oh, Joker's real name is is Jake Jack Napier and <laughs> and he was he was born in in Ohio and you know just all this like I don't because his favorite color is purple know, it just ruins things yeah check out our video on keep epilogue a secret keep the Joker thing a secret <laughs> identity a multi keep his identity a multiple choice question um i didn't really read anything i read metal the latest metal so i guess we could talk about that uh number was that number five that yeah. was the second to last one yeah and the uh, penultimate issue um yeah it's a lot of uh setup for hopeful payoff in the final issue because not a lot mm-hmm. happened in this one i mean there's a lot of stuff okay that's the opposite of what i want to say a lot of stuff happened <laughs> not a lot of things were like explained forward whatever yeah yeah it was it was all happening in the same like moments that we left at the previous issue um right but i do i do look forward to seeing what happens to batman and superman because they kind of melt into like the lava lava yeah (laughs) and yeah and wonder wonder woman uh and hot girl in the brain but she's okay and and Mm -hmm. yeah she's she's with lady lady blackhawk yeah which is such a dumb thing it's like if you're gonna have a splash page reveal from the last issue and like it just yeah i don't know they set her up to be like a a villain and now she's yeah it's solved in two seconds yeah 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 well Um, i like seeing the team up between aquaman and deathstroke that was random yeah (laughs) that's just kind of an interesting (laughs) thing um is does aquaman have his long hair and everything in his normal book now or is i think yeah he does and the beard yeah they gave that back to him recently after the movie okay that makes sense (laughs) good make Mm -hmm. him cool again 
remember how often yeah. is cool with buddy <laughs> remember that um, yeah he listens to the, uh, the white stripes and chugs whiskey and smashes the bottle <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> then he also is a silly silly guy the whole movie um you got the the batman who laughs has a, a bunch my of man monologues yeah all right <laughs> um and uh, yeah batman who laughs is a great villain i hope that he sticks around for a little bit I, yeah i think he's I think Batman Who Laughs is supposed to be in a couple of the uh, New Age of DC Heroes books. Okay. Um, there is one more uh, metal special that is called The Wild Hunt that is about these Dark Knights. And I think The Wild Hunt is supposed to take place in between issues five and six. So I think it's like I'm looking predominantly... to see if I took a picture of this. Um, maybe I didn't. Keep talking. Keep talking. Well, all I know is all those Dark Knights are going to be back in the Wild Hunt issue, and I think it's just going to basically play out the the big battle that we we saw teased at the end of issue number five, but we'll see for sure. Um, it comes out pretty yeah. soon. I think it was Scott Snyder, but I'm going to confirm this. Um, he uh, tweeted, someone asked him about, yes, okay, uh, like all the metal um even all the tie-ins, all every metal title has just completely sold out, uh, like in like in the first week, every single time. Um, and he's talking about oh, he tweets so much. This man, uh, <laughs> where the heck is the one I'm looking for? Uh, there was one where he was talking about. Uh, hopefully, I can find it. Uh, where he said uh, that, or someone asked if Batman like will ever meet the Batman who laughs because they think that that would be a I really oh yeah uh the ghost city on twitter asks if uh, if you're answering questions are we ever going to see bruce confront this guy and it's a picture of the batman who laughs because it seems like there'd be an interesting reaction and he said it would be fun right Hmm. to see that hashtag dc metal six oh i assume that the final issue they will meet each other yeah i'd hope so on that pretty obvious uh clue there mm-hmm. so that, that could be pretty fun well the last issues <laughs> that's definitely like because he is bruce wayne and from wherever yeah he, whatever his world is but he's basically the joker so that'd be pretty gruesome it's a nightmare for sure it's like bruce being like wow i became the very thing i've never wanted to be hey yeah it's gonna be an interesting last mm-hmm. issue i feel like it's going to leave There's... us a little unfulfilled only because we know that it's setting up this new line of books, like the the New Age of Heroes. It's setting up like Batman and the Signal. Yeah. Um, uh, Scott Snyder has another event coming called No Justice, which might be dealing with this dark multiverse too. I don't know. Um, I just think it's going to leave a lot of plot threads still open that he's going to be playing with on his Justice League run. Right. Yeah, in some ways that's fine, but I do. It does bother me whenever we get a big old story like this, like a huge event that's oh my god, it's shattering everything and everything you knew is a lie and blah blah blah. And then, but you know, even Doomsday Clock said a year <laughs> from now, all these other titles that they're advertising right. in the pages of metal, all these like Batman is not gonna die. I know, just don't. Why even tease that he's dying? <laughs> <laughs> I know he's not going. That's to die. also a matter of like so I don't know. DC used to be a little more meticulous about releasing books that you know ruin the endings of things like because we already have batman and the signal which takes place after these events so we know like oh they're totally fine but like in the past they might have delayed that book until after issue number six was out you know 
But I mean, when you have solicitations and stuff and we get to know the books that are coming like four or five months in advance, like it's hard to do that. So spoilers are going to happen. Again, the internet ruins everything. It does, yeah. (laughs) It's evil. No, it's not. It's a tool. It's a great tool. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love it. Uh, if we want to, if we want to continue off from this segment, uh, I want to pose the question. Uh, you can chime in if you don't like this idea, but I want, I want to uh, potentially um, throw out the we need a name for our like male segment. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I want I want to like get ideas from people. I want people to submit like oh call it this yeah like the letter column of um, of the podcast thoughts i'll bring up the document yeah the internet's really slow because i'm talking to ted on the phone Uh, oh my god james finds find the doc there it is okay (laughs) (laughs) so we had some ideas already uh this is for like yeah the segment where we read letters from people or emails or whatever. Um, so we got the mail room, which is like on in Justice League comics. It's, there's the Watchtower room, I believe, is why it was from the that. like satellite era. Uh, like they their uh, letter column in the back of the Justice League issues was called the mail room. <laughs> so that's a little bit of comics nostalgia there. I see. Yeah. I see. I think it's kind of generic. Yeah. And <laughs> um, there's also. Um, we're just kind of trying to come up with random stuff that from the DCAU, so it's DCAU specific, but there's not really anything to go off of. Um, we could call it the press room, there's because there's a Daily Planet press room in Superman, the animated series. Uh, there's also <laughs> the episode of Batman where uh, the ventriloquist, uh, he gets a job as like the mailman in Wayne Enterprises, uh, the episode Double Talk. Uh, yeah, we could just call it Double Talk. If yeah, but that seems like a good podcast name, not a good uh, <laughs> <laughs> a good name uh-huh. for whatever this is. Um, and then maybe something with the back computer, or like I was trying to come up with like uh, infamous letters received by characters in the DCAUs. There's like Andrea Beaumont's like marriage rejection, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's not like a happy no. thing that we would want to. <laughs> so here's the part of the podcast where we have the marriage rejection young, letters. Need time? Forget about me. <laughs> so anyway, if you have a if you have an idea for that, uh, go ahead and and let us know uh, in the comments or send us an email at info at watchtowerdatabase.com. Uh, but let's see, I, I took, a uh, screenshots of something. Um, I did want to give a shout out to, uh, the Tim Talk podcast is T-I-M-M, like Bruce Tim. Um, cause they, uh, they shouted us out again. Oh, nice. That's a weird, uh, verb. Shouted we got shouted out. We got they, shouted yeah, at cause it. I've been, yeah, I've been communicating with, uh, with them about, uh, I think their names are Chris and... Cameron, if I'm sorry if I got that wrong, um, they I've been talking with them on Twitter private messages because we've been trying to get on iTunes for forever and now we're finally on iTunes. Um, they technically didn't help at all, but I <laughs> appreciated their support. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I figured it out on my own, but it's okay. I I understand they're busy guys. We're busy guys. Um, but yeah, they 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 told us it's it's a great podcast. Us, Aww. but I will also say that they have a great podcast. They uh, they do like reviews of episodes, 
um, from the DCAU. They're, I think they're going through like one by one. Mm-hmm. They just did uh, Little Girl Lost Parts 1 and 2. Right, right. Is the most recent episode. Um, they they have a lot of knowledge like like we do on that kind of stuff. So they're it's fun to listen to them talk about um, the episodes. That's all mm-hmm. I have to say about that. We've had a lot of people ask us <laughs> uh, to do episode reviews too, and that's such a heavy undertaking. <laughs> so I'm glad that it exists somewhere. Yeah. So <laughs> go yeah. check them out. <laughs> oh, and then I got one. I have one. Uh, this is from Andrew Cazzini or Cozzini uh, on uh, YouTube. I commented, I had a suggestion for some upcoming episode of 12th Level Intellects regarding the impact of the JLU episode, The Once a Future Thing, on the Batman Beyond pilot Rebirth. Specifically, I was wondering if you guys think Bruce in any way remembered Terry from his trip to the future as a big plot point for the remainder, remainder of JLU was that Batman and Green Lantern remembered it despite the timeline being erased. Now, sure, Bruce never learns Terry's identity in that episode, but he certainly could recognize his voice and remember the bat suit that he later makes from for himself was the one that future Batman was wearing. Personally, I like to think that Bruce and John lost those memories as time passed and the timeline had been erased for a longer period of time. But I would love to hear your opinions on this. Keep up the great work. So what do yeah, you think about that? I, I, said I think they definitely are going to remember. Like, you're not just going to forget that. And, like, there's that whole episode um, where... Like, like it comes back, and at the end of JLU, Hawk Girl goes up to Batman and is like, tell me about my son, you know? Like, she wants to know about Warhawk, and from that, right. the whole adventure. So there might be a parallel world now where Bruce kind of kept that to himself yeah. when he meets Terry, because, like, why bring it up? Like, it's, um, if it never happens, it never happens. And it's like, it's just Bruce has his secrets. And I don't think he'd ever just share that kind of thing with Terry right off the bat. Like, he's only going to bring it up when it's important. So I, I don't personally think it changes any of the events. But, you know, it's it's a cool way to think about it. Like, maybe there's a, a different timeline where he didn't know. But now that he does know. <laughs> yeah, it's either that episode either says there's like a diverging star trek timeline where now there's two different futures or whatever um right. like maybe jlu will continue into a different future uh without all the exactly the same batman beyond stuff or it's just saying that batman like bruce wayne always knew about that stuff and he just yeah he's just mm-hmm. a weird old guy that doesn't he didn't need to talk about it but, I mean, it is kind of weird that he would make the exact same bat suit that he sees in the future because he seems to be the kind of guy that would not believe in, like, mm-hmm. destiny or coincidence or all that stuff to where he would probably, like, oh, I see there's a Batman in the future wearing a completely black costume with a red bat symbol. Right. I will make that exact costume. Like, that sounds pretty good. Like, <laughs> it's kind of weird that he would do that. But, I mean, mostly that episode is so that they can be on screen at the same time and us fangirls can squee. I mean, he also had inspiration from the from Batwoman. Batwoman yeah, and true. the Justice Lords yeah. Batman also had the same yeah. logo, you know? So he's, like, seen this in the past. I like to think maybe he was building it, and he's just like, you know what? That was a good design. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good job. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that I think that the, the comments... Uh, I already forgot his name because he's off the screen. Zini. I'm sorry. Zini. Sure. Zini. He, uh, he's kind of maybe um, hinting at the idea of if Batman erased that timeline um, with his little disky poo, that maybe eventually, like, through whatever mystical time travel shenanigans, 
his memory of that just fades away, like Back to the Future photographs or something like that. Uh huh. Um, I think is what he's kind of getting at. I mean, instead of just like literally forgetting about it. <laughs> I'd say maybe, except that that we had that hot girl thing happen that I mentioned. How she, you know, is told about that later on and and tries to learn more about it. Yeah, but that's only like a year after they they do that. So true. It, I'm saying like maybe. By the time he makes that Batman Beyond suit, he is forgotten about it. I mean, but we have no evidence to go off of that that's the case. We just have what we have, so right. <laughs> it's all speculation, I guess. <laughs> I think he's too smart to forget things like that. He's Batman. Well, Batman never forgets. <laughs> yeah. Batman don't forget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Machete don't text. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. I guess that's pretty much the end of this, then. Send us your questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, at uh, info at DCA, or no, oh my god, I always say that wrong. Info at watchtowerdatabase.com. We're at DCAU Watchtower on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm also at JT Strecker on uh, Twitter. And I and you want to am not that active thing. on Twitter, but I am hoping to be soon. I, I need to tweet more often. Um, but you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at, uh, at Ted Kendrick. And there's either going to be a dot or a hyphen in between Ted and Kendrick. So you just figure that out. I don't remember I, which yeah. is which. <laughs> tag him and stuff so you can see the tag and follow and figure it out. Um, yeah. So we're on the internet, as we've mentioned before. The internet's so great. Um, it's not evil at all. That's it, I guess. Um, this has been the best most cohesive episode where we can definitely hear each other at the right time and there's no delay between uh, uh, Google Hangouts in any way. So if you thought that while listening, you're wrong. What'd you just say? Oh my God, Ted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Terrible, terrible joke. <laughs> okay, that's the end. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later.